On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we are going to spend a lot of time on college, and we're going to be talking about all the scenarios playing out, which Rufus loves so, so, so very much to talk about. Then we're going to do our picks. Then we're going to go into some um, reactions to Rufus being insulted by RJ, and we'll talk about some other Twitter stuff. We'll talk about Doug Kazarian's podcast a little bit. And then we'll go into the NFL and talk about my favorite team, the New England Patriots. As always, the Bet the Process podcast is brought to you by the Sports Action Action Network app, which is a great app to track all of your scores and bets and all of that type of stuff. So with that, let's start the process. Welcome to episode 11, season 2 of the Pseudo-Quant and the Has-Been podcast. No, the Bet the Process podcast. Never was. I'm the never was. <laughs> the never was. Um, Rufus is joining us on his phone because the internet at the Westgate is sketchy. So maybe, uh, what's his name? Jay, what's the Westgate guy's name? Jay. Cornegay. Jay Cornegay. Jay, you need to fix the Westgate internet for us, please. We can do our podcast from there. Yeah. Um, Jeff, at least, you know, I owe you an apology for for getting on you about the internet at, at hotels and your audio quality before. I'm now, yeah. you know, in the midst of hotel life, so. It, it, they're, the, it, in this day and age... <laughs> A hotel internet is still sketchy and you still sometimes have to pay for it and it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. It it's you know, whatever. Okay. Uh I've been in the hotel and in- yeah, let's get started. Okay. So let's get started. Let's last week, uh it was kind of a big week in college football, wasn't it? It was a very big week in college football. There was a lot of exciting games. Did you, Were did there, you see though? the end of that Texas there- West Virginia game? Texas West Virginia? Cade, so Cade, um, you know, Cade Massey, the better half of Massey Peabody. Cade Massey uh, plays for a, Texas or West Virginia? He is a, he's a Texas alum and oh, right. a very big Texas fan. But right. he stopped watching the game because he knows he'll be disappointed. So he went out and he came back like, you know, four hours after the game had started and ended up having to watch the end. And, and he avoided, I mean, he his whole point was to avoid the disappointment and he ended up having to endure it. He like got there just in time to see that um, that amazing touchdown pass from Will Greer that somehow like it was in the perfect spot and then the two point conversion win it. It was a great game. Did you know before Will Greer started playing for West Virginia that he was white? <laughs> when he got <laughs> kicked off the for some reason I thought he was black when he was on Florida, and then when I saw him playing for West Virginia, I'm like, "Wow, he's white." So I'm guessing you hadn't actually seen him play a game. No. Why? I, or was it yeah, the fact that he I, ran the ball sometimes? Or well, I, I think I don't know. I was just kind of. It was probably very stereotyping of me or something like college quarterback that was really good and talented. I thought for some reason he was black, and so for some reason the name like, Will Greer sounded black to me, but whatever. Interesting. 
this is this is going down a dark hole right like, now. He looks like he could be from West Virginia. Okay, Take now that. now you're you're really <laughs> going down a dark hole also. Uh, let's that, move that on for this before a bad we get thing or a good thing. Well, this is a, this. We're not allowed to talk politics, and the midterm elections just happened, so we're not allowed to talk about that. Um, okay, so well, well, you know, I was interested about some of your game grades. Um, yeah, diving so, into those, like yeah, Georgia, do, Kentucky. Do you, do you happen to know what they are? Do you, Do you happen to know what the top five are? Have, have you from been last my week? Tweet? I mean, I, assuming yeah. Clemson's got to be like number one, right? Or is no. Bama number one? Bama number one, Clemson number two. Can you get mm-hmm. the rest of the top five? Um, Michigan probably is in that top five. Ding. Um, I'm trying to remember who else. Um, let me look at this. Let me look at the games from last week. We need like a uh, ding, ding, ding side effect, sound effect, not side effect. Sa- side effect. Um, sound effect. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? This is shitty radio right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, Michigan State and then Missouri. I was gonna. I Michigan was gonna State's actually kind ask of a surprise State. there. I mean, yeah, that was Missouri's a not a surprise because I mean they got a big win over Florida. But Michigan State, I mean, they they played Maryland, who you know it, it was a tumultuous week in Maryland before, so you can kind of forgive them for not having the best performance. But Michigan State's defense was was quite quite good. Interesting. Um, So then, then what about like Notre Dame Northwestern? So Notre Dame um, was the twenty third best at a plus eighteen. Northwestern was sixty sixth best at at minus one. So Notre Dame should have won that game by more. They that would suggest it would be a nineteen point game. But How about Oklahoma, it, also, it also means that Notre Dame wasn't that good. But Notre Dame did move up in the rankings from 12 to 8. But that they only moved up like less than a point. It was just because other people moving around. But, you know, the interesting thing in that game, I saw, there were seven fourth down attempts in the game by both teams. So, I mean, I would think analytics people would like those coaching decisions. The Texas so, Tech game? Yeah, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. Oklahoma was a plus 24, which was the number 11 game grade. Huh. Texas Tech was a plus two. So that, that was a game that, that, I mean, I think the final score doesn't really tell the story. Oklahoma yeah. turned it over. Their first, there was two INTs, their first two drives. One was returned back to like, you know, the inside the 10. And so they, they found themselves in a 14 nothing hole really quickly. But their offense was, was its typical self 10.3 yards per pass, 7.3 yards per rush. And Texas Tech kind of stayed in it. They converted three of three fourth downs, including one by penalty. Um, that was late in the game. And so, you know, Oklahoma, if it weren't for the losing the turnover battle, I think they would have won by a lot more. And this sort of says they should have won by 22. So do you want to do your victory lap? No, yeah. We, I thought we, we had all these more game grades to go over, didn't we? No, I mean, we I, did. I we just, all these we, game grades because – all I know is in the notes you mentioned all these games. Like Georgia, yeah, okay. Kentucky, how about, how about, how about Georgia? How about Georgia, Kentucky? So Georgia, Georgia graded out as a plus twenty-four. Kentucky was only a plus five. So nineteen. I mean, Georgia that was twelfth best. So Georgia wasn't extremely, extremely impressive. We weren't that high in Kentucky going into the game. So I mean, meh. 
Clemson right. was very yeah. impressive, obviously. They scored seven. But then we just points. with the other ones we kind of talked about already, you said that those were your top ones, right? Michigan's... Clemson and Louisville, yeah. We, like Clemson, we had Louisville at minus 15, too. So so the difference in the game grades there would be would, would suggest that the score differential should have been 50, plus 53, and it was, what was it, 77 minus 16, 61. So it's pretty close. But the Bama and LSU one kind of um, is pretty extreme as well. Bama was number one at a plus 43, which is one of the, I think, two or three highest of the year. LSU was a negative 2.5. So I would say it should have been like a 46-point game. And I think you could say it breaks down at the extremes there. Um, but, you know, LSU only had 100 yards going into the fourth quarter. They were completely shut down on, on offense. Yeah, like it was pretty scary having seen that LSU team really handle Georgia and then seeing Alabama just – make LSU look silly at home, etc. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, before we move on, though, the last one, I think, that deserves mentioning is the Michigan-Penn State game. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Michigan was a plus 34, the number three game grade. Penn State was a zero. So, 34. I mean, in, in Michigan, just look, I, I was looking through their numbers a little bit. They've only given up more than five adjusted for home field uh, and situations, yards per play uh, all season. So, like their defense has been incredibly good. They're very, very good. And and I started uh, I started that trend with them. Remember when I took West them to beat Western Michigan by more than twenty eight because I said they were going to bounce back and they were going to be extra focused. Was you don't remember after that. The Notre, was this after the Notre Dame? Yeah, block? right after the Notre Dame yeah. game was when we got in that argument about whether whether we would know they would be focused or not. It was and, the narrative argument. No, no, I, I knew with certainty that they were going to be focused, and that's why I bet on them. Okay, uh, that's sarcasm. Sarcasm. So now do you want to do your victory lap? Sure. I can, uh, so I, I will. And I was <laughs> extremely impressed with myself when I found this out. And, you know, I, I think it's well, tell so unlikely. So proud of. I, I'm about to. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I think what I'm about to say is so unlikely that I almost thought there was a conspiracy and that my ratings were actually used by the committee. I don't, I think it's absurd that you think that this is so unlikely. The first like six to eight teams you could name without an algorithm. So you got, you think so? Yes. Notre Dame relative to Michigan. I mean, so basically I got the top 12 in the playoff rankings. Correct. But uh, Kate and my algorithm to predict what the playoff rankings are, quote, now cast, had the first 12 in order correct. And then 13 and 14, we just had shifted around uh, Syracuse and NC State. But I was, I mean, like, I mean, I was kind of flabbergasted at that. I really, you said to me, it's less of a probability of that than getting 10, going 10 and 0 on bets. I still believe that. I mean, so, you know, how how far did you think LSU would fall? I don't think it's necessarily obvious that they would be in the number seven spot. Well, let's look at this, okay? Stop. Let's look at this. Okay. Let's you knew through. Alabama was going to be one. Right. You knew Clemson was going to be two, right? What was yep. Notre Dame last week? Four. Um, they right. were four behind LSU. So, so, so just right, listen. They, listen. Move they move up one. Where was Michigan last week? They were five. LSU they lost. 
They move up one. Georgia, Georgia. Right? Where were they? Were they at six and they move up one? <laughs> yeah. Was Oklahoma seven and they move up one? Yeah. Okay. And then, but and we then sure. Have, we didn't have those teams in that order last week, and our model doesn't actually use the previous weeks. And, and but what, I, what I'm we don't telling you, for- okay. how, about, how yeah. about this? How about this? Okay, next week, <laughs> I will on Sunday try. I'll uh-huh. send you an email with the top twelve, and we'll see who gets more right. Okay, but I do think, I mean, I, I think the fact that an algorithm could do that is pretty impressive. <laughs> that, that a model could do that. Is it though? I mean, me you're, it's a, this is a sample size of one. This is a sample size of one week, Rufus. Of course. You, so, you told I me mean, it was it's a like. Errand, so, I would like to, like, you know, I, I, I'm going to gloat for a little bit. I just, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what it matters, right? You, you predicted this like a day before it actually came out, and you don't really get any value matter. for it. No. But I guess it helps your futures. There. It helps your futures, right? So no. I think the I, I think the first hard one comes fun. up. Okay, I think the first hard thing comes like you said. Where does where does LSU get slotted in? And it sort of makes sense that they're slotted in where they are, right? As the first two loss team behind, okay. you know, those teams, right? Like, well, but they're ahead of Washington State and West Virginia. But Washington State and West Virginia are in are you know from a prior standpoint, right, are thought of as, as, as worse, you know. And so, West so Virginia the, had a game canceled against NC State, so they played fewer games and they've had an easy schedule. Okay, let's see how you but do that. They, they came off a big win. They came off a big win. I don't know if they were last, the week before, but right. they, they, I would think they jumped up. The fact that, you know, West Virginia is ahead of Ohio State, I mean, it, with the politics of it, I, it's, and they it's, both have one loss. And it's, Ohio State's played more games. That seems a little bit. It's you know, more I, I impressive. It's more, would have done that. It's more impressive than and, I'm giving you credit for. I take it away. And then Kentucky, how far they dropped, and then UCF stayed at 12. And we, I had UCF lower than 12 last week. I had them. So, given that I had like UCF like you know 15 or 17 last week, and they moved up to 12. Um, yeah. And the funny thing is, I actually did some work on rejiggering the the committee now cast algorithm last week adding in some i mean i added in some data um i hadn't added in some data from the end of last year the final rankings which i should have done but it's the same thing as like you know after after the super bowl i don't immediately update my nfl my nfl database because the season's over sort of after the college football season it was sort of the same thing for me last year so i'm a little lazy i guess we know you're a lot lazy not actually a little lazy you're a lot lazy you say it yourself all the time uh okay what about this what if the top six teams win out minus alabama meaning georgia beats alabama in the um sec championship game i i love thinking about this scenario actually so i think we can say with certainty that clemson will be in i think you can say with certainty clemson and, and notre dame will be in right you know, that's, that's where the algorithm, at least, doesn't necessarily agree with you. So, so the order that I would have it in would be Clemson, 
number one there, kind of a mile above number two, which would be uh, Georgia. One loss, Georgia wins the SEC title, beats Alabama. So they, yeah, I don't think there's any way they don't get in, um, especially given that, you know, the recency. I mean, I think a loss the last game of the season is more damaging than a loss the first game of the season. Okay, so you have Clemson and Georgia one and two in that situation. Yes. Then, honestly, it's it's about a coin flip with the next three teams, and those are Michigan, Alabama, and Notre Dame in that order. So, in terms of their the numbers I would have, um, it's, you know, there I mean, is I think, I, 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 think, I think it's, now that I look at it, so at first I thought like, oh my God, this this is, but I think it's pretty easy. I think Notre Dame goes if they're undefeated, and I think Alabama goes no matter what. So I think you have Alabama, think, Georgia, Clemson, Notre, Notre Dame. I think the fact that Notre Dame is already ranked number three is is going to help them out for sure. The committee, the committee is giving them credit for being undefeated. But if they, they are undefeated, well. if they are if they are undefeated, they will go. So I, do you, know do you buy into the, the fact that if they were up, you know, so you have Mich- you have them against Michigan and Michigan lost to Notre Dame, that obviously plays in to the committee's eyes in some way, right? Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, I, I think the answer to like Ohio State, like what's, you know, in Ohio State, well, but in Columbus, but I guess Ohio State isn't looked at as the juggernaut that they were. No, no one, no one cares. They got their ass kicked by Purdue, and they've been struggling. Generally, Michigan struggling. Penn State. You know, I mean, Michigan's been very good. They've, right, they've looked it, way better than Notre Dame has. So, it, it, I think it definitely comes down to how much. I mean, it, it comes down to how good how good the teams are relative to how accomplished they were during the season, right? right. And I guess so, you could. I mean, you make the about, argument that Notre Dame's more accomplished because they've won all their games however they haven't been as impressive in doing so and and everybody would say that michigan was still the better team but in the more alabama fit in there does alabama get in for sure i think alabama gets in for sure i mean i think we've shown that that's the case and if they lose that game to georgia i i mean i i think they still go we have two sec teams in again and do you do you think there's any chance that georgia gets left out in that situation no, like, like Georgia versus no. Michigan. Georgia gets in just because they beat. Um, they beat they Alabama beat and they Alabama. won the SEC. There's no way they don't get in. No way. That's fair, but Michigan has been the better team this year. Yes. So, okay. Then in the, so I believe, and it sounds like you're mildly convinced of it that it would be Alabama, Clemson. Notre Dame, Georgia. How about... So, I mean, my numbers would say Clemson, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama. But as I said, those last Michigan, Alabama, Notre Dame is practically a coin flip. And Oklahoma's out. I think we all agree Oklahoma's not getting in then, right? Yeah. Well, I think the the challenge is, I mean, and I I think this is where, you know, it's probably hard to model like what they're going to do with Notre Dame if Notre Dame is undefeated, right? This is that whole scenario. We, we don't know because Notre Dame is the only, Notre, only team that is in that situation. Right. Okay, because, let's... And, and because they're not in a Power 5 conference, but they are effectively a Power 5 school, but they don't play a conference championship game, which lessens their strength of schedule. Okay. 
what about the the you know obviously more likely scenario where Alabama wins out, they're in. Clemson wins out, they're in. Notre Dame wins out, they're in. And then Michigan wins out. And I guess that's easy. It's just going to be chalk from what it is right now. It'll be these top four yeah. teams that are in right now. So yeah. Oklahoma needs – they need some help, clearly. They do. And their best – what's they, their best chance to get in? I guess their best chance to get in now is – Ohio State beating Michigan, but then they're going to have Ohio State to contend with. Like, so, there's a world where if Ohio State State beats Michigan in Michigan. Wait, is this game? What do we decide? This game is in. No, no, the game's in Columbus. Right. So you had that wrong before, right? So, no, 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 I had it right. But you were saying that you thought Michigan would be favored in that game. Yeah, they would be favored, even though the game's in Columbus. Okay. Yeah, the so, market the market prior to this past week, I think, had Ohio State as favored, and I had Michigan as a small favorite. Now I have Michigan as a even bigger favorite. But, so this is actually interesting. If, uh, if Ohio State beats Michigan, and yeah. and then goes on to win the Big Ten, and Oklahoma goes undefeated, and Ohio State and Oklahoma, I guess Oklahoma. It, that's going to be really hard, don't you think? That that's one, tough one. it is, it is because I mean Ohio State would have had a, a marquee win to do to to win the Big Ten, and then you know obviously the Big Ten championship game is not going to be that tough an opponent, relatively speaking. But it still matters. Neither, right? it neither, still matters neither will the win. Big Twelve title game for that matter, probably. Right. So so right now we we think that if um, if Oklahoma wins out, they make the playoff. 75% of the time. So I'm taking the, I'm taking, I'm taking the though, under. I'm taking the under on so, that. Okay, but think about this. So you will give me right. you'll if, give if me chalk, plus... if chalk holds. Can, can I make my argument though? If chalk holds, yes, they're probably they're not in. But you have a few different scenarios where they could get in. Two different well, things. That's what we're that's, what we're ta- that's that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Where right, if, exactly. Well, what if Notre Dame loses a game? I think a one-loss Oklahoma gets in over a one-loss Notre Dame. So, so let's just say let's just say that Clemson season. or let's say Clemson or Alabama lose, they're not getting okay. in over those two, right? They're not getting in over a one-loss Clemson and a one-loss um, Alabama. That that was my question. Does Clemson lose in the a game before the conference championship, or do they lose the conference championship game? I guess it, I guess it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Well, I'm just I'm just I guess what I'm talking about how or what I'm worried about matter. for Oklahoma is like what is the, how many real scenarios are there for them to get in? You're right. Okay, Clemson Clemson losing a game still is above Oklahoma, um, and Ohio State. It's practically a coin flip. Ohio State gets a slight edge over Oklahoma. But Notre Dame, like, but they, but all those teams have a big edge over one loss Notre Dame, and there's a decent chance Notre Dame loses a game. Yeah, well, the the like, thing the thing is, the teams that they're playing against are not as good as we thought they were. I mean, but I still only have Notre Dame as forty two percent to win out, and that's so you have so you have that scenario that could happen, and then they jump over Notre Dame, 
And then you also have the scenario that Ohio State could beat Michigan, and then it's practically coin flip between Oklahoma and Ohio State. And I think a lot would depend on how those teams play. Yeah, I guess guess, Ohio State could beat Michigan and then lose in the Big Ten championship as well. So, like, individually, it it seems like these are unlikely, although Notre Dame losing game to me is likely. No, I mean, collectively, it adds up. Now that I think about it more and look at this more, they only have to really leapfrog one team because likely, bam, well, the Georgia beating Alabama is the only way that the, that both of those teams go. Right. Okay. And that's unlikely. But in Georgia could also still, what's the line going to be in that game? Georgia against Bama. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty high. Let me see. It's going to be in a neutral. What's that? Neutral. Yeah. I, I make the difference in power ratings is 11 points between those two. I would think that the line actually is probably a little higher. I would get. I bet the maybe, line will be four. I bet the, the line will gonna, be fourteen. I was going to say thirteen and a half, but. So did you know that you can bet on Alabama minus eight and a half in a potential national title matchup against Clemson at the Westgate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know we talked about this line? on Doug Kazarian's podcast today, and they made a big deal. Someone basically was giving them crap, saying like, "Oh, you can't really bet those markets." And I guess John Murray from the Westgate said that you could bet five k into the, that that already. And then well, someone was saying, "Five k gladly." You know why? Because they get they get that money for two months. Yeah, you have to lock up that money, and there's only a fifty percent chance that that game even occurs. Right. So, no, but he five k yeah. is the limit. They won't take more than five k. And the argument about was what's that? I'm not surprised. I mean, 5K for a, a game of the year look ahead is pretty good, actually. You yeah, know, that was that was John deep. Murray's point that this person who was trolling him on Twitter and I don't I don't know who it was 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 basically like kind of being unfair because like 5K for a, a look ahead game that's not even a real market yet is is not you know whatever. But I think you're right. I mean, the fact they get to hold that money and anyways, okay. Uh, so I got a question for you though, Jeff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people, you know, for example, Seth Byrne um, went after SPI when they said the gap between Clemson and, Alabama, Clemson and Alabama is only one point. And, you know, my numbers have it as only um, a point and a half. Is my model broken? Um, I'm so no. far off the market. I, I, well, so this is the thing. Like, I mean, Seth made a point about this, like, that Alabama is really hard to model because of the like poor strength of schedule they've played. And I don't, I don't think people for whatever reason, they're just not recognizing how crazy what Clemson's doing is also. I mean, I, I, I think I understand from an analytical system, like a, you know, th- this is the whole outliers thing, right? It's hard to, mm-hmm. to figure out like how to deal with, you know, you, these systems don't deal with our outliers that well. And as Alabama may be, a big time outlier and, and so might Clemson. So it's kind of, I, I think if I had a chance, right? Like if I was out in Vegas and didn't care about having 5k tied up, um, I would probably bet Clemson plus the eight and a half right now. I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating doing it, but I can also get Clemson at four to one to win the national title, which is also a great bet. But the thing is, so Alabama is the top team in the history of Massey Peabody. And we have put the play going back to 2007. So, yeah, so 11 years, the best ever in any week. 
Clemson is also top four, I believe. So we would be talking about Clemson as a historically good team if Alabama wasn't there. But now Clemson's like an afterthought. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just this yeah. strange bias that Bama's getting all the attention, and Clemson is is really, it, it's, you know, I would take I if if you ask me which side I would take of the Clemson plus eight and a half, I would take Clemson plus eight and a half, and the four to one futures that are still there would be gobbling those up all over the place, right? Is that what you're going to do I mean, in Vegas for the next couple of days? I already got it at, at Cantor. Cantor. I thought Cantor was out of business. No, I'm hoping they'll still be in business in two months. I'm counting on that. Um, but if you look at Clemson's last, like if you look at Clemson's last few games going back, um, you know they beat Louisville 77 to 16. That was the number two rated. They had the number two game rated that week. The week before that, they um, beat Florida State, number one game grade of the week, 59 to 10. Um, before that, they beat NC State 41 to seven, previously undefeated NC State. Yeah. Only the ninth best game grade. Before that, they had a week off, and then before that, they had the number one game grade of that week, um, beating Clem or beating Wake Forest, fifty-three to three. So, ever since um, ever since um, Lawrence got back, uh, they've been Trevor Lawrence. They've been like unstoppable. I'm proud of you that you knew yeah. his name. I mean, he's only the starting quarterback for the there. second best team in college football. So there we go. I even know who the starter was at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. There you go. Um, okay. Uh, I think that's good for college. Let's move on. Uh, do we want to do some quick picks? Last week. Yeah, we can, I yeah was, let's do that. Last week I was three and one. Do you know how I got screwed in that San Jose State game? They were know. down. What's that? Oh. They were they were San Jose State was down by I think I don't remember how many points, but they were covering, and Wyoming could have downed the ball, could have kneeled on the ball, and they scored a touchdown. I hate it when that happens in college. It's the worst. Yeah, that's a lot of people make the argument. Oh, it's stupid to bet on sports after things like that happen. It, it, it well, it, I don't, I don't disagree when those random things happen where you probably should have won the game and you lose because like they did something that's most teams wouldn't do it's it's kind of annoying although when when they do when it's hard to that's why it's hard to predict these things and that's why the best handicappers are only winning 56 percent of the time 57 percent of the time okay we'll cover that in a little bit uh let's quickly go through my picks so i was three and two last week you were four and one in college you're now 24 and 21 and i'm 23 and 22 in college this week i'm going back to we're both going to use uh, Rutgers plus 39 versus Michigan. The official, they are now in a tight battle. I think Kansas is out as the official yeah. process team. They just, they just don't. So I think it's Rutgers uh, plus 39 versus Michigan. Um, yep. I'm also going to take Temple plus four and a half over Houston. How about you? Okay. My first one, I'm going to take Boise State plus three against Fresno State. Too bad. It's okay. two and a half. Too bad. It's oh, two and a half. It was plus three when I when I put it in this morning. I think it's like and two it on Chris, but it's two and a half. I, I just saw it at two and a half, so we'll we'll give you two well, and a half. I, I make Boise a two point favorite. There you go. Um, I'm going to take Baylor plus the fourteen and a half over Iowa State. 
Okay, I'm going to take Utah laying four against Oregon. You know, one person that one of our fans was saying that he would like to see us do more explanation of our picks, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Uh, so we, we talked, we've talked a little bit about why. Um, I mean, I think there was a conversation on Twitter this week about how you can make an argument for either side of any game. You could create a narrative around a few stats. Right. And I think that's true. So, yes. And it, that's what I used to honestly, do on ESPN. It is extra work. That's, that's when that's I, when I, I used, too. When I used to do the ESPN stuff, and I, and I still do it when I go on to like a mainstream thing. I'll like look at yards per play, look at turnovers, things like that. And when they're, when they like work for the pick, that's what I work in there. Uh, well, I, agree. I do the same thing. Yards per play, turnovers. I look at sometimes third down conversion percentage, red zone, like if there was any missed field goals or any random fluke plays, those things. Uh, I just look at who wants it more. Uh, Auburn plus 14 over Georgia. Really? Yeah. Why do you like the other Here's side? What I make that. Um, no, I make it, I make it 12.3. So yeah, so it's value. I don't have an opinion there. I, I think mean, you do have an opinion. <laughs> I, don't, I, I would lean your you way. You have a very weak opinion, but you head. have an opinion. Yeah. If this was the closing, if it was the closing line, um, you know, regressing to the market, I'd make it, I'd have, I, I would say that the plus 14 would be minus 108. Okay. Price, so. TMI. TMI. Uh, I'm going to take Mississippi State plus 24 at Alabama. Mississippi State actually was one of the big movers this week. They moved from 13 to 7, although that was mostly just due to um, people around them going down, but still. They're the seventh best team in the country, and you know I think that, that there's a ton of hype around Alabama. They are great. But Wait, Mississippi State State's the seventh best team in the country. Yeah, number seven. Wow, that's crazy. SEC baby. Uh, Wisconsin plus nine over Penn State. I'm not sure what Penn State has done to deserve being a nine. I know Wisconsin has looked bad, but what has Penn State done to deserve to be a nine point bad. favorite? What's that? Is is Hornybrook going to play? Uh, probably not. I would guess. I guess that's I probably. Think, I don't what, think he is. Going on there. Yeah, I yeah, think that's I suppose probably that's what's going on there. So, but is it that much of a downgrade? What do you think? I mean, I don't. I watched that other guy play. He certainly looked like he was shitting his pants a little bit. Um, so, I think it's a pretty big downgrade, actually. Um, just given, I, I mean, not knowing anything about the. Just the little algorithm. That so, what do you make that line with him in there? For starts, um, I make that line nine point eight. Penn State. Okay. So, and I don't then have a, I don't have a last play. Um, yeah, I had to. I had to scrape hard to find one that you know, and, and this is still a very solid pick. But I wanted to find one with like two teams that were actually decent. But you know, I had Oklahoma. It's you know, that's added like 17 and a half. It's now 20 and a half. You know, Maryland went from plus three to even. Even even our, our favorite team, Kansas, I would have had them. I had them at 11 and a half, but it's now 10 and a half. Um, TCU, like there's been a lot of line moves. Um, so I'm going to have to settle for Texas State plus 21 against Appalachian State. Got it. 
Okay, that's a wrap for college. Um, so you got you got into a little fight this week with RJ, and yeah, I did. I'm not I'm not really sure why you engaged with him to that level um, after he insulted you in every way, shape, and form. I was actually sitting having dinner with our friend Ted Knutson in London. We were having a delicious dinner at a place called Benares, which is um, very cool, fancy Indian food. Um, and we were going through the wine flight while someone was calling me an alcoholic on Twitter. So that was apropos. Uh-huh. But um, this Twitter beef with RJ like what what's going through your head to engage with him like that? Like why why do you care? So are you asking about the original tweet or the follow-ups? The follow-ups. The original, the original tweet, tweet I, just... I want to point out that yeah, the original tweet I didn't actually intend to make it about RJ. But who cares, right? Was... Like if you mention him, you know that you're poking the bear and the bear is but... going to like keep doing whatever he does until he's done being the bear. I didn't add him. I, I didn't meant you know, I didn't use his Twitter handle, so I didn't assume he didn't Well that's even it. worse though, right? When you don't use someone's Twitter handle, it seems like you're just doing shit behind their back and you don't want them to see it. Like no, people I mean, I, I've yeah. seen people like talk shit on me and not at me, and I've only seen it because I've been look like looking at someone's page and like I've there's there's people there's a dude that did that and then tried to email me like to like get me to like be interested in seeing his picks and talking about his picks. And I was like, dude, I saw you insult me on Twitter. Like what, why, why would I want to correspond with you over email? Um, anyways, so uh, for, for those that, that aren't on, that aren't reading my Twitter, the tweet was in some ways, I don't blame the media for giving con, con men like RJ Bell a voice. How do they verify who's successful? I, lo- I love that. You're how, like, how I didn't anyone mean to that? insult him, but I called him a con man. <laughs> It wasn't that I didn't mean to insult him, but it was more that that wasn't the point of the tweet. I was the tw- <laughs> like, let me finish the tweet. How does anyone prove that? Hell, I could be a losing better for all anyone on Twitter knows. So tough. To well, a lot of people on Twitter think you're losing better. So <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter think so, you're losing better. So that's fine. I know. I don't give. Anyway, I don't know why you why, would. Why, why did I follow up? Um, part of the reason was I was on in a cramped seat on a five-hour flight from dc to vegas and it actually helped pass the time was the internet good because the internet sucks on planes also the internet was not good enough we should try to do our podcast on on a plane once and see how bad it is no the internet wasn't good enough to do anything like with google sheets or any spread like spreadsheet you know that there's these um there's offline word processors Yes, that, I do realize that. Spreadsheets, if you are traveling, you don't even need the internet for that. Well, what I was trying to do was get my, uh, I had just run my golf code and I was trying to get that into this. It, Wait, you're a golf it, better? It, it, I didn't say anything. Awkward silence. Awkward silence. Okay. Anyways, so I back to our tweeted Twitter wars making my five hour flight entertaining, which. No, I, that, that's a fair, that's a fair point of view. I agree. Like, I think I've done that before where I've been on a plane and I've like started a Twitter war just cause it's, it's entertaining to be on Twitter and really? deal that and read. No, I totally get it. I I think I, I, have, I yeah. Jeff, uh, I also but, tweeted, why do people say on a plane? I'm inside the plane, not riding on top of it. So 
I was the, the, there was a there was a certain amount of boredom that was involved. Right. So the uh, but you do have this like desire to sort of like raise like the ta- like you, I hear you talk a lot about and even that email that you sent me um about like validating, you know, monitoring touts and all this kind of stuff like I mean we we've been through this ad nauseum, right? And and I think that the the interesting comparison will always be this sort of like financial markets comparison. Like you know, is does is like watching Jim Cramer, right? Like people like watching Jim Cramer because he's entertaining and because he's knowledgeable about biz- business and stocks and things like that, right? He makes good points. So why right. can't there be a knowledgeable entertaining person who like actually helps you become a better better i mean is there anyone better, better. i don't know <laughs> i mean i think we, we seek to be that yeah but i'm not gonna say are. that I'm, not, I'm definitely not gonna say we are at, at this point i mean i'd let if someone else wanted to say that that'd be nice but i don't that's not let, my point is yeah anyway so the the tout industry um which we talk about a lot and people, people like someone tweeted RJ that, um, you know, that we're just kind of assholes because we always just make fun of touts and we, you know, we just want, we just crave attention and all this kind of stuff. So that's you, you crave attention and you're a dog's name. Yes, I do. Uh, that, that was, seen all this? That, that's the consensus. Would that you crave attention or that it's a Rufus is a dog's that I'm a name? Dog, that it is a dog's name. But it, I it, personally it, like that because you get to choose your dog's name. You don't get to choose your own name. Can people tweet at us if they'd be interested in a t-shirt that basically just says Rufus is a dog's name? I think that'd be a cool make t-shirt. Make a poll. And we can maybe have a dog. Thing, would you maybe buy have it? a dog on it? Yeah, would you buy it? Or would you rather buy a t-shirt that says irregardless? Just says irregardless. Couldn't it say irregardless, comma, Rufus is a dog's name? Yeah, I was thinking about that. We talked about this before. I was hoping to get two T-shirts out of this, but maybe not. Um, what about this whole production cost. What about this whole narrative about, uh, you know, again, this this sort of underdogs and you know this putting sports books out of business and, um, you know, like everyone losing so much money, etc. Like, do you think? Is that something that you've even noticed, or is that just like David Purdom needing to write an article for ESPN, so he wrote one? Well, I didn't notice it, but I'm also not a sports book. You know, sports right. books, it, it's kind of funny though when they do have these, you know, what is it, month long losing streaks, or it's been a bad year, I guess, but but it's been especially bad in recent weeks. You do seem to see a lot of articles about it, but they also. Vegas books haven't had a, a losing month in like 30 months or something like that. So it's really not all that bad. Yeah. And then I was listening to Kazarian's podcast with John Murray and he was saying like, it wasn't actually that bad a week for them because Thursday night they won a lot of money because everyone was on the Raiders Monday, um, Sunday they did pretty well because the game didn't go over. And then Monday they did really well because you know, the, the Titans won outright and um, covered. So, did you have the second yeah. half? And the, did you have the Titans second half? I did. Did you? Yeah, we did. So nice. we did get to win thing. together. Um, did you have Titans in the game? I didn't. No, I didn't have any opinion on the game. Yeah. Did you? 
We did, um, but for whatever reason, because I was in London, we we didn't bet it. So <laughs> we did bet the second you half, didn't, though. But it was the second half was a, the second half was actually almost the exact same bet position as the first half as the as the game. So it was we tied the half right, fourteen to fourteen. Yeah, we probably would have taken a reduced position on that, anyways. So okay. Um, Doug Kazarian, uh, friend of mine, uh, he was talking about in mine. This what's that? in mine yeah he's, he's a friend we, of ours knew him for our time at ESPN. well i've known him longer than that so i know him from oh, the water okay. polo because uh, yeah. he played water yeah. polo around. anyways he gets a lot of crap from people on twitter um because i mean largely doug is is not i would not call him a sharp i would call him more of a square in terms of like how he bets um you know he's he's doing well picking on sports center and that kind of thing and he kind of talked about but he was talking about how there are other ways to win besides analytics and he doesn't like that the twitter people attack everyone that um you know it was interesting cuz he and john murray talked a lot about gambling twitter and it's like gambling twitter you know the seville people are really starting to get their own personality onto themselves um so when when he says that there are other ways to win besides analytics, do you really think that you can win long term without analytics? I don't think you can win without analytics. I think you have to have some analytics. You have to have a rating system. You have to have something like that. I think that there are there are other things you can do, but I guess it depends on how you're defining analytics. Does that just mean anything quantitative? Well, we remember, remember we were talking. We were talking to the, We were talking to that long to that the group um, where there's a really sharp better that sort of runs that group, and they were saying that his opinions. They like went back and looked at it, and when he overrid or whatever the model, his opinions added something like four to five percent advantage to their to their picks. But That's at the core, but he also yeah. the core is the model, right? So so it helps. Yeah, no, yeah no, I mean that's the thing. At the core, there has to be analytic, and and the reason that like the reason that this whole thing like when people also like poo poo this whole concept of like you know like getting the best price or betting numbers and all that kind of stuff like, but that that's essentially like unless you believe that there's some fix out there, that's all that this is. It's finding value like from a numbers or probability standpoint and betting enough times that that value is realized right there's there's not a lot of like people overcomplicate this and they say like well you know like people say to me like betting sports isn't the same as as counting cards and blackjack and obviously it's not the same because there are you know non-stationarity things or that you know things that rules change and there's emotion and all this kind of stuff that isn't necessarily in blackjack but it's not that different because at the core you basically have a, a way to to you know find analytical value or find probabilistic value and you're trying to you know when you have a large enough edge make a bet and over time if you do that enough times and collect enough edges you're gonna make money so I just, I mean, 
I think the the challenge comes in when, and this is like the argument that happens, like the the SVP argument and all those kind of arguments. It's like people don't like to hear, you know, well, I'm you know, fifty two and twenty five so far this season, and therefore my system works because they'll say like that's just not a big enough sample size to know whether your system works or not. And that's really at the core, like for us, like the reason we call this show Bet the Process is because we're really just trying to examine the process or, or thought process behind a lot of these things. Um, you know what? If another, someone won 52 and 25, they made some money off of it. And so they should be happy about that. But yeah. that doesn't, and, and, and it's, it, it is, it's more predictive of success than if they had gone uh, 25 and 52. But maybe, maybe, maybe I think there's definitely a signal there. Yeah. However, however, you you think a 77, wait, 77 game sample means nothing. No, no, I I think it means something. I, I, I do. But if you, if you heard someone, if you, if like, let's say that, what would you rather, what would you rather hear? Like someone with a 52 and 25 record in 77 games who like tells you their system and it's like, Oh yeah, I just kind of like look at what's the public team and I, you know, bet on the, that team or, you know, I'll look where the lines are. They basically give you some process that just makes no effing sense. Okay. Right. And then you talk to someone else who is 500 or or less than 500 but their process makes 100% complete sense in the over future how many games? what's that same same sample how many, size over how, okay same say the say the exact same sample size and one person you talk listen to their process and it makes a ton of sense and the other one it doesn't make any sense at all you don't you would you care about the record well no you're right the process the funny thing is the process is a qualitative variable we would use to make a quantitative determ- uh, determination. It's right. kind of ironic, isn't it? But I, I, I think that, um, I mean, no, I because, because I think that, line. I think, I think that if, I think that like, if you really wanted to dig into it, you would dig into the quantitative nature of the, of their process. Right. right. They're, so, they're just telling you an approach. I mean, Mitchell, yeah. Mitchell Lickman, Mitchell Lickman used to tell me like he could tell whether someone could win like within like two minutes of listening to them just based on like what their approach was and whether it made sense or not. How, how they think if they're, if they're logical and creative in their thinking. Yeah. Now, I'm with you on that. I'm, I, I do think it does mean more. If, if the sample was like 500 games, um, maybe not as much. So once the sample sizes start getting larger, you would start paying attention to them. I guess that's that's pretty. Yeah, pretty, I mean because pretty, they're pretty normal. Who am I? I'm I'm not I'm not the final arbiter. You're a dog. You're a dog. We know who you are. I'm a You're dog. A dog. Ruff. I Ruff. 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 Ruffus. And, and I'm not I'm not the best woofer out there. There might be someone that woofs completely differently, at a different tone, and I might not even hear that woof. But that doesn't um, mean it's the worst woof. Did you did you want to talk about this pain insider email? Or did we already talk um, about it? No, we didn't, but we can I say let's save it for next time. Okay. It was actually an interesting email. 
Okay, well, let's do it. Let's do it. So what did you, why did you find it interesting? Basically, there was an email that was sent to us by a listener that was sort of a marketing email sent from uh, this tout service, Pain Insider. I think that's, it's Todd Furman's. It, 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 was, it wasn't a marketing email. Um, it was a response to him. Emailed I mean, them, emailed them asking, to, asking for detailed, detailed records of their group. And they, and they said that they wouldn't send it because um, they were afraid that it would be reverse engineered by people, um, non-paying members, and that, um, and they didn't think that anybody that didn't pay for the information should be able to access it. And also they thought that because of, you know, the way the world is now and social media and everything that, that people are able to sort of make good judgments themselves. And so, um, if they were lying about the record or anything, then, uh, that would, people would call out pain. And also that they can see that the free picks he gives out, um, the market moves that way. And that. Um, Do you know him at all? I don't know him. Mm-hmm. Do you? No, I, no. I, I, I've listened to that podcast once or twice. Um, I didn't really even know that he sold picks or anything like that. He just sounded like he sounds kind of like a curmudgeon dude that probably knows a fair amount about football or something like. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know anything about him. I know nothing about it. His records looked good on that on that email that were sent. You know, it's like he's never had a losing season in football, and his all of his picks were around fifty five, fifty six percent, right? Yeah. The email said, "Social media and the internet are a self tracking system. It's why all the scams die or get caught pretty quickly. Someone as public as Payne would be outed the very second anything wasn't above board." I'm just going to respond with Vegas Dave. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Um, oh Vegas are, Dave. We haven't talked about we haven't talked about Vegas Dave in a while. That's that's kind of fun. It's really yeah. it's a shame. I, I I went on his Twitter to show someone the other day and it's they were like that little hobbit. <laughs> someone he else on that, show. That, that he's not he, tall enough to to get into the McDonald's uh ball pit. You need to go back and look, watch Millionaire oh, I, I, Matchmaker. Oh, you've seen I've him watched. on Millionaire Matchmaker? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, it was glorious. You love, you love him. You love him. If you had the I choice to go to dinner with Vegas, him. if you could go to dinner with Vegas, Dave, or RJ, who would you go with? I don't know. <laughs> who? What do you think? Who would you go with? I don't know if I could eat. I'd probably get indigestion. Um, I actually think I'd go with, with Vegas, Dave, because I think Vegas, Dave, would probably be fun to party with at some level. Well, it would be interesting to try to get some insight into if he actually does work. Or what, what are you doing in Vegas, by the way? Why are you in Vegas? Um, I'm I'm still a Nevada resident. I traveled for the entire last year, so I wasn't really in the states. And so I'm registered to vote in Nevada, and so I voted. Oh, I came out here to vote. I'm I'm and I, I I had to go to Salt Lake City on Thursday anyway, so I found a cheap flight. Where did you have to go um, to Salt Lake City? To Salt Lake City tomorrow. I'm going, um, don't laugh, but two years ago, I went to Ecuador for this mindfulness Chautauqua, mindfulness retreat with like 25 people I didn't know. And we're kind of having a reunion in Salt Lake City. That's cool, man. Weekend. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Salt Lake City's, you're going to have, you know, you have to join the, to go drink, you got to like join the, the club or whatever. You have to pay a membership fee. 
I think you only get like 3% alcohol beers in the state or something like that, right? Hmm. You can drink more beers then. Then just be bloated. Uh, do we want to do NFL, NFL picks and then call it a day? What's, what's yeah, uh, anything, anything new in the NFL that, that you want to talk about? Um, Saints, no, that, so that Saints, Rams, Saints, Saints and Rams are number one and two right now, I would assume. I think so. That, that was a phenomenal game to watch. I really enjoyed it. And I normally don't like shootouts, but it was, it was, was the over. kind of game where I actually put my computer away which is rare while I'm watching a game and, and gave it my full attention and really enjoyed it. But you still looked Which, at your phone. And, Did you still look at your phone? No, no, I was, I was being mindful, mindful of the game. Look, look at you. You're just one Chautauqua mindful person. Um, should, should we do um, uh, update on NFL futures at all? You got some? I, I do. Um, I have the Patriots at six <laughs> odds. I think they're, they show me be plus three ninety. It's kind of interesting to me that they're, they're priced so low. Six to one, you haven't got them at. Yeah, that's what that's what Westgate has. Wow. I mean, they're they have an easier path than the teams in the NFC just because there are fewer grid teams in the AFC. I you actually think City, I actually Kansas think that City they're... doesn't have a great defense, and, I... and they beat Kansas City. Correct me if I'm wrong. They beat Kansas City, so they have a leg up for home field advantage if. Those teams end up tied, right? They're a game behind. They're a game behind them, but Kansas City has some tough games ahead of them. New England has fewer tough games ahead of them. Um, I like New England right now. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously a New England fan, but I'm I, I I thought that game against Green Bay uh, was impressive by them. They didn't have Gronk. They didn't have Sony Michelle. They you know they're they're still. Their defense, their defense played well in spurts and bits and spurts, and you know, I, I'm. Did you watch I'm, the beginning of the game? What's that? Did you see the first drive? They when they came out and they were yeah, they just played so what, fast. Going at what Chris, what Chris Collinsworth said, faster was a faster pace than any pace he'd ever seen in an uh, NFL game was, before. He, it blew his mind. Somehow his mind exploded, literally. I think it literally exploded. Um, yeah, regardless I mean, I, I of his. That Yes. I, well, I thought that, and I think that the Patriots do a very good job of game planning and, and, and covering up their weaknesses. They're kind of unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to, they're hard to game plan for, I think, on defense, because you don't know what they're going to throw at you. It changes every week. Some weeks that will come out and. I, it was know, crazy how much misdirection. They only pass. Yeah. They did a ton of misdirection. They did flea flickers and reverses and tons of that kind of stuff. That actual that play that they I ran with Ed, with the the Edelman play that was awesome. Oh, I love that. They, you had all the offensive linemen just standing around waiting. Yeah, it was just funny so because they couldn't, it looked, they couldn't block it looked, yet. It looked, it looked so like funny. it was. Do you think that that play was ever designed to go downfield, or do you think it was always designed to be misdirection and throw a throw back to uh, to James Jones there? James Jones, Pat, or not James Jones. <laughs> Whatever that James White. Sorry, James White. James White. I think it was always designed to go there. See, that's why you had all those blockers there. It was. It yeah, was no, I know, but like, I, I was wondering. Like, did he have, you had the did, entire did, offensive line. Did Edelman have the option to go deeper on that play because they had a guy running? A, they had someone running a, a a pattern deep. 
And that was the whole reason that that was so open because that, that guy deep got a lot of attention. So he was the decoy, but I guess if, you know, I'm sure that if he was uncovered, <laughs> that would be the throw. Yeah. Okay. Edelman, uh, Edelman, I don't know if you knew this, but but he was a quarterback in college. Yeah. Do you know where he played? Central I think Michigan. he played at Kent State. Kent State is one. It's a Mac school. Yeah, I think that was where he played. But I, well, someone someone will probably correct us on Twitter. Um. Okay. So last week I was two and three. I if if friggin' Brandon McManus could just kick it. And, and what drove me crazy about that game that game was Denver could have gotten more yards for him. But chose oh, to was, decide. That, it was what's awful. That? It's just it was I don't. I don't understand why coaches do that. It's Didn't, crazy. Who got burned? Was it Chicago that got burned earlier in the year doing that? I, I think mean, it was. They do and it all they the lost time. In overtime. It's like I. I wonder they why they don't learn. No, um, I, I had. I, I had Denver. I played Denver at pick. And I know you had Denver as a pick here on at minus one. Yeah, I had Denver at minus have, one. So I was, I was, I thought I was, I was hoping for a push. I, I would have been really happy to get a push there. I have, I also have Houston season win total unders, which were looking fantastic a month ago, and now are looking awful. Five yeah. straight wins. Well, you went two and three also in the NFL. You're twenty two and a half, twenty and twenty, and I'm twenty three and nineteen. We're basically probably tied right now in our overall. I'm um, still still looking still looking for a charity, guys. So tweet at us if you got good ideas for charities. Um, I we both like the Jags this week, huh? Plus three over Indy. Is that plus three juiced a little bit? It was. Is it? it I got it. Ordinary plus three, but I think it. I did. I did too, but I think it might be juiced now. Um, but I still like it at Jags. Jags plus three. I, uh, I mean, I think it, it feels like an obvious side, doesn't it? It it feels Almost very feels very awesome. very obvious. Like you could create the narrative around it, which is like, if this were played in week one, the Jaguars Jaguars would probably be favored, right? Right. So if, has if that the much? The Jaguars had any quarterback other than Blake Bortles. They probably probably has be has has that much changed between these two teams in that time that you would really think that the line should have moved this much. I mean, well, you know, Jaguars' problem is that they they won their Super Bowl against the Patriots, and since then they they've felt like this is you know off season or something. I mean, that's all they needed to do. But I think that yeah. Blake, we knew Blake who Blake Bortles was coming into the season. We had a four year sample of Blake Bortles, and he's struggled. He's been up and down, but he's basically the same quarterback. So, so right, what has changed? He is what we I mean, thought he, he is. We let him off the hook. Uh, okay, I'm going to take the Browns plus four and a half over Atlanta. Browns, interesting. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, I had them last week. Didn't work so well. No, but you you ended up winning your bet, didn't you? Because that game went down to seven and a half. Sorry? No. Oh, I had a bet with on the line move. No, because so it, it was seven and a half. When, when we made the bet, it was minus seven and a half, minus one or nine. Comeback was minus 102 at Pinnacle. That was the mark. And at like 12 or 101, it was minus 7.5, minus 108. So I was winning. And then it went up literally like a second before kickoff to minus 7.5, minus 110. 
I lost the bet. I'm gonna I should have just set into it. I'm gonna take when it was like, oh, and done it yourself and moved yeah. it yourself just so and you just can win moved your bet. It. Yeah, I mean, it would have been worth it. It was a substantial. Amount. You keep talking. Are you can, tell, can you just tell us how much it was? You keep talking about how it was a lot, Fine. and it was it was a ten thousand dollar bet. But it was, a, it, was a, it was just a lot for like a. Uh, That's a lot for a friendly line. bet between two people. It kind of is, isn't it? No, it definitely is. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, I'm taking the Browns at plus five because I just looked on Chris and it's plus five. So hopefully you're okay with that. Okay, I'm going to take Cincinnati plus five and a half at home against the Saints. Cincy coming off the bye. Actually, Thanks. that's up to six now. Okay. Yeah, up to six. you can take six there. I'm looking on Chris. You can take six. I will. And you know what? I actually, this is one where the line did not move in my favor. Early in the week, we got like we got four and a half, and I thought that, um, I thought that would be a great price, and it's gotten better. So maybe we'll pile on more. I'm gonna take the Giants at. Plus three over San Francisco for whatever reason, our model doesn't like the Niners, and we seem to be betting on them the last two weeks. Last week it didn't. Last week I had all that amazing line value because I got I got that bet in before the Mullins announcement, and I mean, I, what I with that line, so with that kind of line move, I should have just played it back, right? Because there's no way that Nick Mullins is like a four. Do you, do you really think he's a four-point downgrade from C.J. Beathard? No, but at the same time, those weren't four meaningful points necessarily. What, it went from plus two and a half to minus one and a half? It was plus three to one, I think, on the other side. I think it had already gotten to plus two and a half before the announcement. But no, Okay, fine. But I'm just saying I, what I, I was. No, I was in a plus not. three. Yeah. What do you think now, Mullins or Beathard? Who's better based on the one-game sample of Mullins? I mean, Mullins broke Brett Favre's records at Southern Mississippi, and I've been hearing how good he is, so I don't know. You tell me. Uh, what's, your next, what's your next play I mean, there, Rufus? Rufi? Okay. Ruf, Ruf, Rufino? Ruf, Rufino? Rufalata? Rufalata? <laughs> What's your next pick? Uh, I'm going to take Arizona plus 16 and a half at Kansas City. A lot of points. That's, I mean, so the Massey Peabody makes it 14.8. The the player level model kind of likes Arizona a little more. It likes their defense especially. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of points. I don't honestly feel great about it because it feels like Kansas City is – but I do think Kansas City is a little bit – um, a little overrated just because their defense has not been good at all. Their offense has been great, fantastic, best in the league, but their defense has been pretty, pretty putrid. But okay, is Arizona going to be able to move the ball? Like their offense has been horrendous. Yeah, it's going to be strength on strength. I think that's just you're just you're just. I mean, that's just numbers, right? You're just playing a number. Just numbers. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's like a lot. I mean, yes, you can handicap that every way, and every way it's going to say Kansas City is much better than Arizona, but can they be 16 and a half points better when, like you said, their defense is not great? Um, although people asked if you actually watch football because the reason their defense isn't great is because they're always up. That's what they say. 
but I mean, but you gotta. I mean, you control for game situation too. Yeah, but, I know. Um, like, FPM, people think F- that FPI, like yeah. people think that these models that we use are so simplistic that like it's gonna miss all this stuff, right? Uh, anyways, right, I mean, uh, it's a different scenario. The baseline is different. I care about a team's surplus over expectation, and that controls for the baseline game scenario. Okay. Then Moving I'm going to take Oakland plus 10 over the Chargers, which you are also taking. Which I'll take um, two. That's just a crazy line, right? Like, in what world is should Oakland be? They're getting 10. Oh, is that in Mexico? Is that in neutral? neutral? Yeah, it is. Got it. But is it? I hope I need to. I should have this written down. I can Google it. So bad at this. I hate those Mexico games. Well, you hate the Mexico games. You hate the England games. No, no. it's. It looks like it's at Oakland, right? No, it's in Mexico. It is in Mexico. Do we know? I googled. Oakland Raiders Mexico and it says Mexico like week eleven. And this is week wait, is this week ten? Oh it's week ten, so it isn't. Yeah, no, it's in Oakland, it looks like. Okay, good. I was afraid because I, I didn't I was trying to save a little face because I don't have it marked as neutral on here, but um, Yeah, I don't I don't either, but yeah, then I just had the Patriots. Like... Okay, phew. I was like, damn it, I, I, I was I was like we were gonna both look like such idiots and I was trying I to sort of save face by being I... like well, I don't know what I have it marked down as, but I was going to have to back off that because it would not be a pick if it was in Mexico. I had that same moment feeling that I did this morning when I showed up at Heathrow Airport and I was reaching into my pockets and could not find my passport. <laughs> Ouch, where was it? In your backpack? Suitcase? No, I checked my backpack. It was in my hoodie, po- zipped up pocket because I was oh. worried about it falling out of my... But I just didn't think to check there and i was about to call my uber because i was like oh i must have fallen out in the uber uh anywho don't you hate don't you hate when you do that sometimes when you're like i'm gonna be so clever and make it put this in this extra safe spot and then you forget yeah it's classic it's a classic move by me uh and then my last pick will be detroit plus seven um at chicago just the this chicago this world where chicago is a big favorite is I I'm just not sure if I'm I can live in that world yet, as long as they're not playing Nathan Peterman. I actually have Chicago rated very high in Matthew Peabody. The player level doesn't love them as much, but they're still slightly above average. So this is a game where, where just based on the Matthew Peabody, um, Chicago may be a play. I have to actually look and see, with because you know what the numbers actually come out to in terms of the edge, but but the player model likes Detroit big time. So so I'm pretty neutral on it. My okay. last pick though is gonna be the Redskins plus three at Tampa. That's kind of a hold your breath one. The um just because the Redskins have all these injuries, cluster injuries at offensive line, three of them. And so um this is not one that I actually fair full disclosure, I don't have um I don't have five games where I have enough value to play them to play. Um, in this one, I do not actually have a bet on, but we do five picks a week, and this would be – I still think it's a better-than-break-even bet, but it's not big enough for me to play at this line. Got it. Is that, is that so, long to say? What's that? 
Is that wrong to say? Because we, we do five picks no, a week. I mean, you, you just are explaining them, uh, but you still think there's like edge there, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, combining the player level and the Massey Peabody, it's a one point. And, and it'll probably, it's going to be an official Massey Peabody pick because um, using the Massey Peabody line. I just think that the, those injuries are pretty, pretty detrimental to the Redskins. Can I, I tell you my sentiment? Injuries tend to be under undervalued. Guys that don't touch the ball do have an impact. Can I tell you my sad survivor pool story? <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a pool that started with 200 people and is down to 11. I was one of the 11, and I'm out now because in my travels to London, forgot to put a pick in. Oh my god! <laughs> How much money was on the line? The winner gets like 7,500. Damn. Do you get a, is it winner take all? It's winner take all. So I still only had like a you know what a ten percent chance or less than that to to win, but it it feels really terrible. Like I I literally still have like a pit in my stomach about it. It's some there's something weird about Survivor that I care a lot about it for some reason, and I have a pit in my stomach about this. It sucks. Well, first I would say that I, I like that it's winner take all because I think the name of it survivor it should be winner take all um second i've never played a survivor pool myself and third who would you have picked and would it have won last i mean it's hard to know but i i'm pretty sure i was going to pick the the uh, bears because i had them still available i mean most of the big favorites won last week and so i don't think i would have lost last week and this week there's a lot of options too um and so probably people won't be i mean so here here's the question do you think that I should torture myself and play along for the rest of this to see if I would have won or not? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I think you should because most likely you won't have won. And it'll make me feel wouldn't better. Have won. But every week I'm going to have you feel better. I'm going to have this like perverse feeling Ooh. where I'm going to kind of want the team that I picked to lose. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I don't but, know. But, but if you win, if you would have won, isn't that sort of how predictive is that? I mean, doesn't that it's tell not, you? That I mean, really survivor good? pools are <laughs> they're effing random at, at some level yeah, when you get you know. Um. Okay, so I think that's our show. Uh, hopefully, you guys liked it. Um, hopefully, you guys believe Rufus. What What are the, all the terrible things he said about you? It was oh, that, it was really mean spirited. That I. Need to, that I want to someday own a house yeah you own how many houses two three you own three houses no i well if you include condos and you're building a house in the caymans no something like that you can is that not is that not conversation for the podcast i mean i wasn't i mean it's yeah, building me and a partner building a rental house down there. So, and if you want to go on vacation to the Caymans and and have some disposable income starting in about a year, let me know. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. That sounds really appealing. Uh, okay. Well, thanks guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Mm-hmm.